We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Do you ever feel like you're always on? What do you do when you need a moment to chill? How do you like to hit the reset button to get ready for what's next? These days, everything is go, go, go. It's nothing but nonstop hustle all the time. Work, family, friends, a million pressing social issues and an expectation to be on 24-7. Sometimes you just need a moment to turn off and hit the reset button. That's when you reach for an ice cold Coors Light, the beer that's made to chill. Listen, there's a lot going on in Green Bay right now, and I feel like we could all use a moment to chill with a Coors Light. See, Coors Light is cold lagered, cold filtered, and cold packaged. It's literally made to chill. It's as crisp and refreshing as the Colorado Rockies. Perfect for a moment to unwind. Coors Light is what I choose when I need to unwind. So when you want to hit reset, reach for the beer that's made to chill. Get Coors Light in their all-new look delivered straight to your door with Drizzly or Instacart. Coors Brewing Company, Golden, Colorado, and as always, celebrate. Twenty minutes a day, three hundred sixty-five days a year. This is the Pack a Day Podcast. Welcome back to the Pack a Day Podcast. Uh, my name is Tyler Grezegorek. I have the privilege today of being joined by Alex Strauff. I hope I said your last name correctly. And it, Gage Bridgeford. Uh, the, Gage and I are part of your normal Sunday crew, but Alex is filling in for Mike and Brennan today. And we're super excited to have him because we're going to talk about uh, everything pretty much not Packers. And there's a lot to talk about in the NFL this week. Yeah, big slate this week, guys. Thanks for uh, thanks for letting me crash the uh, the Sunday party. Always good to be with you. A Packerless Sunday. It'll be it'll be interesting. Last weekend we got to watch, you know, the the noon and three o'clock slate with no Packers. Now we get all Sunday without the Packers. So uh, we were talking before. If you're in a gambling legal state, this could be a, this could be a really fun Sunday. There's a lot of great over unders too, and I, I'm I'm really excited for a lot of these games this weekend. And it's really kind of sad to watch all the COVID stuff happening because I really want a lot yeah. of football this weekend. So uh, I'm keeping my fingers crossed for sure, uh, hoping we get some Chiefs Patriots on Tuesday. Uh, hopefully that one actually happens, and then we get Steelers Titans eventually. I thought that was going to be a really good game and a, a good tell for both of those squads to kind of figure out where they were going. So um, I'm really excited for the NFL this week. Uh, Gage, what's your favorite matchup this week? My favorite matchup of this week is, I think, Indy Colts, or is Indy and Chicago for me. Like, there's a lot of exciting games on this slate, but, like, that's more from just a pure, like, excitement perspective. But looking at this Colts game and, this like, this Colts-Bears game, it's 
a tale of like we like we talked about it on our podcast that we did that came out on Friday. This can really tell you what these two teams are. The Bears, a lot of people think that they're pretenders. They're just getting lucky. They're not that good. A lot of people are saying that the Colts are great and week one was a fluke. I think that you could really get a good like grip on what these teams are. I personally think that the Bears could win this game. And I think I'm actually I actually think I'm gonna pick the Bears to win this game. We'll talk about that in a minute. But that's my most exciting game to watch here is we're really gonna see what these two teams are. These two teams I think are really close in in my opinion, they're really close. Uh in overall like talent and uh there's a coaching advantage for indy but there's a defensive advantage for chicago i'm really excited to just watch that game plus it just got flexed to four o'clock which will be which will be nice uh it'll get a little more eyes on it just because there's less people to uh pay or less games to pay attention to at that time yeah it's it's a big tell game for both squads so that's definitely the nfc matchup i'm I'm most looking forward to but i want to bring up an afc matchup between the raiders and the bills i think that's that's going to be a really fun one Buffalo should win it still. I think they look like one of the best teams in the AFC, not named the Ravens or the Chiefs, of course. But um, I, I think they're right there talent-wise. I think the Raiders have improved immensely from a year ago, and you know we saw them knock off uh, New Orleans a couple of weeks back on Monday night, and that was that was a Derek Carr day, man, and a Darren Waller day as well. So I, I like both of these offenses. I think it's going to be a high-scoring one. It should be a fun one. Also on the late slate on Sunday. Yeah, I got a question real quick, real quick. Where do you guys, how do you guys rank the AFC? Like obviously Chiefs, well, okay. So like Chiefs and Ravens, they're the top two teams. Consent, yeah. Like argue, like who's three, four for you? Cause I've seen most people say that it's Steelers. Some people say it's Bills. Like where do you guys fall in that category? Bills are clear number three right now, right now. Yep. I mean, that's certainly going to change. We're only three weeks into the season. And that's why this week was going to be a big week because Really, we're going to get a lot of key matchups to see where these teams were headed. Uh, Panthers-Cardinals, that's another good matchup where we can see where the Cardinals are headed. But if you look in the AFC, the Raiders and Bills is a big matchup because the Raiders have been strong through three weeks and maybe underperformed just a little bit. But they did take they did take care of business against the Patriots, which was a big win for them. So the Bills, I think, are the clear number three. I think the really the conversation begins at four, five, six, seven. So who's your four, five, four, five, six, and seven teams here in the AFC? That is where the conversation begins. And Did you say so the Raiders hard. beat the Patriots? Did they not? Did they lose that no, game? No, they got smoked. Yeah, they got smoked. Oh, my fault. My bad. Darren Waller had like two <laughs> catches. You know what? Like, yeah. they, got, my, they got demolished. My, my excuse is I look at so, so many game results picked, every week. Like, no, like, no, no, I'm with you, man. I, I, <laughs> took care of I, I didn't bat an eye. Um, uh, yes, they thank did you. That's what it was. Yes, that's still a big <laughs> win nonetheless. But, that's what I thought you were going to say, and then you said took care of Vince. I was like, no, they didn't. They did yeah. not beat New England. <laughs> but no. no, I agree. I think the Bills are a clear, uh, are a clear number three. I think that's perfectly said, Tyler. And then I think you go down the list, right? Four. You could talk about the Patriots or the Steelers there. I think uh, I think those are interchangeable four or five in my mind. Uh, the Titans are three now, and I still don't know where to put them. That's why I was so excited to see them against the Steelers because I really think they're a fluke through three weeks. They don't have any big wins, and now this this horrible COVID is sweeping through their facility. But um, we'll see where the Titans are at, but they're 3-0, and so I guess they're an honorable mention, and I don't even know how many teams I've set at this point. So I'll, uh, I'll let somebody else talk. I mean, personally, I think that... I think I personally think Buffalo is three. I agree with you guys there. Uh, I think that their offense is better than Pittsburgh's right now, and I think that the defense is just kind of underperformed through three weeks. But I think that they're better than they've shown. I think Pittsburgh has a great defense, but I think that uh, Buffalo has a better offense, and I think that that's kind of where they make it up. Because in yep. this league, you got to score points to win games. Like I understand that you got to outscore 
And that's what Buffalo is doing right now. They rang up 35 last week against L.A., and they did it in pretty impressive fashion for two quarters and then kind of didn't do anything for two quarters. So so I think that this could be a big game. This could also be like the Raiders tell us if their pretenders are real, like if they're legit. Like if yeah. if Baltimore or if Raiders come out and they don't beat Buffalo, but they come out and they hang with them, I think that that tells us the Raiders are better than we think they are and the Bills might be worse than we think they are. That's kind of what I could get out of this game. I mean, Gage, you know my thoughts on that Rams team. I'm super high on that defense and, and the offense, too. I think that they're, they've kind of returned to form this year, and I'm yeah. really excited to see how they kind of continue to progress throughout the season. And I was really, really impressed with the way that Josh Allen handled. Even though the Bills got a couple calls down the stretch that were probably pretty questionable, uh, I was really impressed with the way that Josh Allen handled, handled that game, and uh, I'm – I'm all in on Josh Allen now and that Bills team. Um, I'm rooting for him because the Bills need success. It's been a long time since they've had uh, a lot of success. I think they had a playoff berth last year, but the that's, I mean, they, they didn't do anything in the playoffs really. The, the, the fact is the Bills have been starving for success, and uh, I think this is, could be the year where they really make a deep playoff run. So um, I'm, I'm excited to see them continue to play better teams and really get a better gauge of who they are. But who's going to slide into that seventh seed? Are we, are we looking at the Texans there in the AFC? Or not right now, no. Colts? Not right now, absolutely not. We could make the case for uh, for the Raiders. Uh, I mean, they, they've. are you putting them at, at, at that five or six already? So let's see. Let's, let's count it off real quick. You got, you got Chiefs. You have Ravens. Yep. We have Bills. Yep. And so then we got. We'll say Raiders are in there because I think we all agree that they're probably a playoff caliber team in some well, way. Well, actually, let's go by division first. Okay. Let's do the let's do the first four seeds. So you like yeah, we can talk about the Raiders and Steelers in a minute. So, so Chiefs who's out of the, the West. Uh, yeah, the South. Mm-hmm. The Titans are three and zero. I think you have to talk about them. But I like Indy a lot too. So I don't know who's going to win it. Uh, I but, personally but, think Indy's a pretender. I yeah I, yeah. Like Rivers is doomed to tur- make turnovers. This team's getting ravaged by injury at receiver. Like Paris yeah. Campbell, Michael Pittman already out with injuries. Marlon Mack got hurt. Jonathan Taylor's great. I know we all love Jonathan Taylor, but and he's playing behind one of the like three or four best offensive lines in football, which that's right. great. But I just I'm not sold on that pass defense. Like Xavier Rhodes is the number one graded corner for PFF right now, and that's it's not accurate. The guy's co- he got two picks and one was a pick six last week. I can't. I can't do it. Uh, I just I don't think this defense is as good as they're showing right now. I just I don't I think that they're playing against teams that don't know how to take advantage of what they give up. Um, I think the Titans are the best defense in the AFC South, or I think they're the best team in the AFC South. Derrick Henry is still really good. He's just had kind of a slow start. Uh, Tannehill's showing some production. AJ Brown is out and they're still finding ways to move the ball without him in the lineup. So I think the Titans are the best team in the South. I think Jacksonville is going to fade. I think Houston's going to be better than we've seen from them thus far, just because they've ran into three of the probably top four or five teams in the AFC through three weeks. They played Kansas city on the road, Baltimore at home. And then they played Pittsburgh on the road. Like they just had a brutal stretch to start the year. I think that they could still like sneak into the playoffs, but I think the Titans probably win that division. Yeah, I, I like the Titans, but I also don't at the same time. I mean, they went toe-to-toe with a, a Vikings team that I think we can all agree has not been good through three weeks. And, mm-hmm. they, I mean, they ended up winning the game, but it was by a point. And I'm very, very bitter about it because I took the Titans at two and a half on that spread. <laughs> anyway, so the Titans, I think, to me, are pretenders this year. I mean, Derrick Henry is going to get better as the year goes on. But ultimately, the style of football that the Titans want to play is – great defense and then just run the ball down your throats like they did last year they were very successful at it but 
when you look at what they've had to do this year, that is not what they've been able to do. And so if they can find their footing in that regard, I think that they have cement themselves as a top seven team in the AFC. But, you know, I don't know if there's going to be enough change from year one to year two in order for them to sustain that. You know, like like we, like we talked about with the Packers offense several times on several platforms, there's been a huge step in that offense. There's there's just mm-hmm. clear clear change from last year to this year, and that is the key to sustaining success in the NFL is adapting every year. The same thing that you did last year is not necessarily going to work this year. And so if the Titans can kind of find other ways to win, right now they're getting scrappy victories, and that's great, but you're not going to be able to do that all the way to a Super Bowl. Absolutely correct. Yeah, we'll see. I, I'm still not sold on them, but that division is just so shaky. It, there's there's a big chance they still win it, especially with the rough start for Houston. But I, I think there there is a huge opportunity still for them to rebound. They've done this in the past, rough starts, and then they rattle off like eight or nine straight, and all of a sudden you're like, holy crap, Deshaun Watson's in the MVP race? What happened here? So it's nothing new for Bill O'Brien. Not a good GM, but he's a good coach, and I, I think – you know, the Texans, especially starting with the uh, also 0-3 Vikings this weekend, I think uh, I think they can make a rebound. I, I still wouldn't count them out as a playoff team. Yeah, I wouldn't either. I think that they're better than they've shown thus far. I just think they've had a bad matchup. I think having like unique and Gakwe be or no, being him, the only being him being the only rusher for Minnesota this weekend will help out in a big way because. Yep. If you got either him or Daniil Hunter going one-on-one against Titus Howard, like Laramie Tunsil will hold his own for the most part, assuming he doesn't false start. But, uh, like, <laughs> Titus Howard against either of those guys is just – that would have been a nightmare for Deshaun Watson, who invites pressure so much. Like, they that Houston offense needs to set him up for more success. Like, they need to get the ball out of his hands. I understand that he holds the ball, makes great plays, similar to how Rodgers, like – invites pressure by holding the ball a long time to extend plays, but Rodgers will move the pocket. Watson has the ability to move the pocket, but he stands there. He's he's like, I'm just going to stay in this spot, and no one's going to get to me. Wrong, dude. Your offensive line is not that good. You're going to get hit. You need to move. All right, so let's, let's kind of solidify a top seven here then. So I don't think we finished going through the exercise. <laughs> okay. AFC, AFC East. You got the Patriots probably. Oh, the Bills. Yep. I'm sorry, Bills. Or the Bills. 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 Yeah. Bills. Bills there. Bills. And then in the West, you're going to have the Chiefs. Chiefs, the Chiefs. In the North, you're probably going to have the Ravens. Yep. I was going to say yep. Steelers, but Ravens are in there too. And then the South is the crapshoot, but you're looking let's, at Indy. Let's, let's say Titans. Okay. For now. All right. So you got, we have Tennessee, Kansas City, Baltimore, and Buffalo. So now your final three teams. You're picking between the Raiders, the Colts, uh, Patriots. The Steelers, uh, just to name a few. I'd say Raiders, or I'd say Steelers, Patriots, and then I think the third would be the other one. Would, I think would be Indy. That's who. That's who I would put in that other spot because the AFC South was the one toss-up division we kind of had. Yeah. If the Colts just get decent play out of Rivers, they can be a playoff team. Like that's that was their issue last year was just Brissett went down, and they just couldn't get enough production out of him and then out of Brian Hoyer for two weeks. So, I, but I think the Colts have enough production, like on both sides of the ball, to be that third team. I think the Steelers are clearly, I'd say probably the fifth, or the fourth or fifth best team in the AFC right yeah. now. I like them better than I like New England, um, because I like uh, Steelers' weapons better. I also like their offensive line better, um, and their defense is, in my opinion, better than New England's because, from front to back. Because Pittsburgh's front is really good with. Uh, 
Javon Hart or not Javon Hargrave, Stephon Tuitt, uh, Cam Hayward, the pass rushers, the linebackers are good. Mike Hilton's been playing out of his mind again, which was a big thing for them this year. If Hilton had regressed at all from last year, it'd be a different story, but he is playing still well. Joe Hayden's still good on the other side. So I think Pittsburgh's probably four or five. Uh, I'd put Patriots then uh, at six, technically. And then uh, I think Indy comes in at seven. Yeah, I'd probably go Vegas, but I and then you could also make the case for Houston. I think there's three right answers for that seventh spot. I, I'm, I'm not going to argue either way. Yeah, I think Patriots and Steelers, I would pretty much consider them at this point of the season, uh, consider them locks to be the playoffs in the AFC. And that seventh yep. seed is really where you're getting into the discussion. And I honestly do think that the Raiders are the most complete team. Uh, they've shown me the most through three weeks. You can say that Indy has performed well, but uh, Gage, you made this point on our show uh, on Friday that the you think that the Colts defense has been uh, the beneficiary of playing poor opponents and so if that's the case then the number one defense currently in the NFL is not going to be the number one defense at the end of the year and I think that's really what's carried this team through the first three weeks so I'm going to go with the Raiders to to slip into that seventh spot Uh, here's the issue with the Raiders though have you seen their injury report yes I have they have 20 plus players listed for uh, like uh, with injuries heading into tomorrow Okay, well... Or t- today, rather, because this is Sunday morning. They I, have You can't predict injuries. You can't predict injuries. You can't, and so, exactly. exactly. So, I was going to make the same argument. There's still 14, game, or 14 right. weeks to be played or whatever the number is. So I think you got plenty of time for those things to iron themselves out. I mean, every team's going to get hit with injuries or COVID or, or whatever it might be. So uh, I would say those aside, Raiders at seven. So I always say this at the beginning of every year. The team that's going to win the Super Bowl is the team that remains the healthiest. Because there are, honestly, in any given year, there's probably six teams that could compete for a Super Bowl. And of that group, maybe even the tier right below it, the team that remains the healthiest will make the strongest push for a title. That's what I always say. The one reason I disagree with that, Green Bay won the Super Bowl with 15 players on IR. And they were an incredible outlier. Yeah, Incredible outlier that year. I was like, everyone on that team was hurt. Yes. They're starting running backs, starting tight end. That year was special for so many reasons. And uh, they were an incredible outlier for that reason. But, I mean, look at San Francisco last year and now look at them this year. You know, they were supposed to be one of the top top teams coming into the league this year. And now they've lost their top two of their top pass rushers. And they're just they're just unlucky in a lot of ways with with the injuries that they've gotten. That's fair. Um, I I don't know. My prediction for them to miss the playoffs this year is looking good. But obviously uh, that's that's thanks to injuries. (laughs) <laughs> I mean, it, regression was supposed to come. You know, regression is, is the Grim Reaper. Right. It, it, he hangs around, and, you know, he just kind of strikes when you don't expect him to. So, uh, honestly, that's why the Packers were picked to regress as well. They won a lot of close games, similar to what the Titans are doing right now. Uh, Packers won a lot of close games last year, and but the biggest difference this year is nobody accounted for the u- year-two step up of this offense, which has been fantastic so far. Right. So with that, let's move into the NFC. Let's do the same thing we just did for the AFC. Let's talk about the top seven teams in the NFC. I think we can all agree that the Packers are probably the team to beat in the NFC North right now. Uh, and yep. so Absolutely. The conversation in the NFC West is very interesting because you have the CLC Hawks who have the high-powered offense, and then you have the 49ers who still have a pretty good defense, even though they're all banged up. So... What are we doing with the NFC West? Uh, I still like Seattle. Yeah, I was going to say Seattle for a couple of reasons. One, quarterback. At the end of the day, quarterbacks win Super Bowls. That's why Mahomes got the MVP, despite Damian Williams playing an outstanding game. Uh, Russell Wilson is on the hottest of hot paces that we've ever seen. Like one out of every 10 passes he throws goes for a touchdown. 
he's just I think I think that it's one of those like kind of how KC wins with Mahomes just outscoring whoever they go up against. This defense has got a lot of problems, especially with injuries to Bruce Irvin. Jamal Adams is out. Quentin Dunbar out. But I still think that Russ in this offense can just cook anybody. Like DK Metcalf last week gave up a touchdown and they still won. And they st- and they still won pretty com- like comfortably, in my opinion. Like it took a late Dallas comeback to make it close. Yeah. So I think Seattle wins there. I agree with you, Tyler. Though that the Rams have improved or like they're outperforming what our expectations were. Like the defense is better than I thought it was going to be. Straight up. Yeah. Like. Like, that defense, like, Aaron Donald's a freak. Jalen Ramsey is one of the top three, four corners in the NFL, depending on who you are. The, and that's just the rest of the defense. Like, the whole scheme is working really well. So that's great. I'm happy about it. Uh, this offensive line has been better than I expected them to be. Uh, but I can't put Jared Goff over Russell Wilson at this stage. I just think that that Seahawks team is too. So I'm going to put them there. Well, that's sad. That's sad, Gage. You totally left off Arizona. You didn't even talk about Arizona. They're going to be three and one after this weekend. They've got a high-powered offense. Cliff Kingsbury in year two with Kyler Murray. They look comfortable. They're winning games. They acquired the best receiver, debatably, in the NFL. I think Kenny. Wait, they got Devontae off- Adams. Yeah. <laughs> Fair enough. But yeah, uh, I, I think this division is still I think Seattle agree. I mean, we're, we're in agreement across the board. They're the favorite right now and should remain the favorite throughout the remainder of the season. God forbid something happened to, to Russell Wilson or something. But I think the, the rest of the board, I think all you could make a playoff case for all three of the teams that are under Seattle in that division. Once San Francisco's healthy, they're still going to be, as you said, a force to be reckoned with. I like Arizona's offense a lot. I, I, I think they've shown really good things through three weeks. Now in week four, they've got a beat up Panthers team and uh, you know, not a very good one at that. So it's just, it, it, I think it's, it's, it's a crap shoot as well. See but more I, of a fun one. The one reason <laughs> I can't get behind the Cardinals right now, I think they're a year away. I really do. I, I really love what they're doing down here in the desert, but Kyler Murray thus far has been a little erratic. Uh, Decision making yeah. has been a little all over the place. He's not quite playing with the same, uh, protection of the bo- of the football that he was last year that made him so valuable in terms of uh, that offense. Um, granted, the offense is taking a step forward. I mean, that's naturally going to happen when you have a year two step. Like I've talked about yep. now, a thousand times with the Packers, and it's happening. The same thing is happening in Arizona, and they added DeAndre Hopkins. So naturally, the offense is going to get better. But Kyler Murray, he's got to get better as well in terms of protecting the football. He's got to be better at his decision making. Um, he kind of regressed in the way to the things he was doing at Oklahoma. At Oklahoma. Um, I can't say that word for some reason, but Oklahoma. So, there it there is. <laughs> First try. Yeah. So I want to see him improve in that way. And again, the season is still so young, but it is so much talent. So let me ask you this then, Tyler. Do you think they take last place in the NFC West? Gosh, even if they take last place, they might be competing for a wild card. Right. Yeah, they could still win seven games and take last place. I think when I picked, uh, you know, all of the games this season, I think I had a seven win last place in that division. I think I I think that's completely doable. But do you think they end up in that four spot? If the Niners continue to be injury ridden, they might finish in last place with eight wins. Yeah, I flat out the Niners finish in last place in this division. I think that the Cardinals crazy. I th- here's okay. So here's why. I agree that that Murray seems like he's a year out still. This team seems like they're a year out. I think the Niners 
overperformed last year. So you said that like Green Bay was expected to regress because they won a lot of one score games. The one thing, the one issue I had with that all off season was the talking head point was Green Bay is going to regress. They won too many one score games. Does anybody realize New Orleans was also like seven and one or seven and zero oh in one score games last season? Green Bay was like seven and one in one score games, and then you go to. New Orleans, who was, I think, 7-0 and in one-score games, and everyone's like, oh, they're going to finish number one in the NFL. They're Super Bowl favorite. Get the hell out of here. If you want to go ahead and say this team's going to regress because one-score games don't count, don't matter, or you're not going to get that lucky again, then be fair across the board. Get the hell out of here with this nonsense. Drew Brees is a worse quarterback than Aaron Rodgers right now, so <laughs> quarterback makes up for the difference. I Quarterback makes up for the difference. So for this Arizona team, I think that they're good on offense. I think that if they can just get their receivers healthy, Christian Kirk's been banged up again, but Andy Isabella stepped up last week. Larry Fitzgerald has played decent to start the year. He's not, he's not young Larry, but he's, yeah, he's not young Larry. Yeah. Nuke is playing out of his mind. Good. I think that he, I think Deshaun Watson's a better quarterback, but I think Nuke is having more fun now than he ever did in Houston because he doesn't have to just win jump balls every single play. He's one. He's open. Like Kingsbury in this offense is just saying, hey, Nuke, I'm going to send you to this five-yard spot and there's not going to be anybody within 10 yards of you. And then he gets to use his after-the-catch ability. And it's so fun to watch. And I am and I just think he's playing like playing happy, excited ball. So I love seeing that for DeAndre. Um, I think that this offense is good. I think the 49ers were going to regress. I don't think that they were a 13-3 last, team last year. I think defense regresses always, which is why yep. New England. New England lost Patrick Chung and Dante Hightower and a few other guys, but they were bound to regress. 49ers were bound to regress. Plus, they've been hit with injuries to their best defensive player in Nick Bosa. They lost DeForest Buckner, who you can replace him with Javon Kinlaw. But DeForest Buckner is better than Javon Kinlaw right now. Yeah. And then D Ford has regressed. Solomon Thomas hasn't stepped up, and he's out, obviously. Richard Sherman, out. They don't have a number two corner. This 49ers team has a couple of studs. I, like, I love their linebackers, but linebackers don't win you football games. And you can even make the argument that Quan Alexander is one of the most overpaid players in football, especially when you have Dre Greenlaw and Fred Warner next to him. I think this 49ers team finishes comfortably in last. I think that they're going to finish maybe 7-9, and 6-10 and is more where I think that they're going to finish at just because this offense is good. But I think that they're like, so they beat up on the Giants last week. Congratulations. <laughs> you beat nobody. You beat the ghost of New York. You're great. You beat a bad quarterback in Daniel Jones. Yeah, I said he's yeah. bad. Yeah. I said he's bad. Come find me, folks. Wow. This is, how do you follow that up? I don't know how to follow that up. <laughs> you, I mean, look, it just this 49ers team's not that good. They're going to agree with you. They're going to beat why... Philly tonight, and I'm going to be like, congratulations. You beat Philly. That's starting like one starting offensive lineman yeah, in lane. Yeah. Oh wait. And Jason Kelsey, Jason. Kelsey. I don't, I know, they're not going to win tonight, but we could talk about that here oh, when we get the games, but we'll okay. talk about that. Um, <laughs> I, I want to get to that right now. That's the Sunday night. We'll, game. we'll get to it next. We'll get, no, we'll get no, to it next. Let's talk about it right now. Well, we're, we're, we still got to pick the two other divisions. Um, <laughs> okay. <laughs> okay. So let's go to the NFC East. I think Dallas is the best team in that division. Yep, I they agree just had you, similar to Houston. They just had a rough go of who they've played thus far. They should be zero and three, but yep. like you, when you go up against the Rams who have played well and they and that was on the road after a short offseason with a new coach with injuries Lyle Collins still dealing with an injury which sucks mm -hmm. and then you go to Seattle and Seattle has 
is there a race car? What's going on? Yeah, well, what, when did we show up in Daytona? What's happening? Uh, I don't know. Evidently, I'm a lot closer to the speedway than I thought. But so Russell Wilson is great. So I think Dallas is going to regress I, back to the mean. I think they're going to be better than they were. This offense is clicking right now. When Cedric Wilson has a career game, when they already have C.D. Lamb and Michael Gallup and Amari Cooper, and he's and he was your leading receiver last week, this team's just is going to be a lot of fun to watch, like we all thought. So I'm going to put Dallas there in that, in that spot. And then in the NFC South, you got a couple of options here. You can have the you have the Saints. There's one option. You're There's one option. Here. There's one Tampa. option. Tampa Tom? No. No. Well, it's New Orleans. It's, it's New, New Orleans. Orleans. Okay. New Orleans. Okay. Fine. Dude. Healthy New Orleans is easily the best team in this division. Uh, yeah, Tampa, I mean, one hundred percent. Tampa Bay Tom has been very disappointing. Uh, I think I don't want to call him the system quarterback and say we've gotten affirmation of that, okay. but but he he's not. He has not I'll been say it. nearly as I'll good. Say it. He's been good. He's been good. He has not been as good as you would want him to be. He's not a system quarterback. I'll I'll say it. He's a system quarterback. Because <laughs> we're three weeks into the season. That's why no. we're three weeks in. That's why he's got Chris got Chris got. This, this is like the, the talking head's favorite take to spiel. Is Gage just a talking head because he's just <laughs> like what? Well, it's been three weeks. Let's let's give it a season and then we can have a conversation. No, but he's I, also forty he's, plus years old. I don't know if you'll ever have. If he just finally falls off this cliff we've been talking about for the last, I don't know, six years, I don't think, you know, if he has two bad seasons, I don't think that makes him a system quarterback. I think that makes him a really freaking old man. Man, he had a wide open Mike Evans last week. Did you see the? Did you see that throw that got circulated on Twitter? No. Mike Evans was wide open. Like, this was the, the, wide, wide open. How this wide? Is that sh- wide (laughs) and brady missed him by a mile wasn't even close wasn't even close so let's chalk it up to getting used to that brady is that brady just not being what he once was or is that brady failing in a system because it sounds a lot more to me like the former than the latter i agree it's it's the former but i also think he's a system quarterback we saw (laughs) matt castle win like nine games in new england with when brady was in Dude, so come on, tells- Matt, Matt Castle's like the greatest backup of all time. Come on, Matt, his name is not Matt Flynn. You get your slander out of here. <laughs> <laughs> all right, all right, we're gonna move on then. <laughs> okay, wildcard so teams. Buccaneers are one of them. Yeah, I think we can easily say that. I don't think uh, we can easily say it. I think there's a conversation to be had about it. Okay, moving well, on. Well, I think you have to go NFC West uh, first. I think you have to. There's a wildcard team there, no doubt about it. Rams are. I think Rams are one of them. I'm good with that. I'm okay with that. Because Jared Goff. Is it, Jared Goff is a system quarterback in the perfect system for himself? Yes, yes that's well said. Well, I think and, that's Sean McVay. I think Sean McVay made the Goff system. Sean McVay just, came in and said, "I have this quarterback. This is what he can do. These are the plays I'm going to make for him." Like that. I don't like when the way you said it. It makes it sound like McVay had his system and then they brought Goff in because he fit it well. I, McVay is taking that system and catering it to Goff, which is making it work. That's not how yeah. I meant it. What I meant more was I think if you put Jared Goff in a lot of other situations, he would not be as successful as he is in the McVay system. Do you think he's successful in Green Bay? No. I do. I, I don't. Well, I, I mean, yeah, if you want to go from the standpoint of the systems are identical or really similar, sure. But I just – I don't think he is because this Green Bay offense succeeds a lot because – of the threat of Rodgers. Like Aaron Jones has five touchdowns through three weeks, which is a 26 touchdown pace. And that's because Rodgers is 
one of the most prolific quarterbacks that the NFL has ever seen, and teams can't just stack the box against them. You can stack the box against Jared Goff. You, you be, even though they have. Let's Robert just shut Woods. down this argument really quickly. If, if Jared Goff is the quarterback of the Green Bay Packers, they're not 3-0 <laughs> and through three weeks. I mean, that's just a flat-out fact. I don't care what you say. That's the end of that argument. All right, I'll be in the minority here. Yeah. And this, that's yeah, not okay. a knock to Rodgers either, though. I just think that LaFleur no, does a fantastic yeah. job with the system and getting it up and running and doing what they're doing. But, um, all right, we have two more wildcard teams. It's Buccaneers such a good offense. Even Jared Goff could thrive in it. That sounds like a good tagline to the little floor <laughs> well, offense. There you go. Right. That's the podcast yeah. title right there. Yeah. Sorry, Andy. <laughs> it was okay. nice knowing so, you guys. <laughs> I think if you like, you can say, I don't want to put the Buccaneers here. I'm putting the Buccaneers. The defense has played well. I was not big on Buccaneers defense, but their linebackers are really good. They're getting good pass rush off, off the front still. Antoine Winfield Jr. Has, is the de- was the defensive rookie of the month. He's played great, which that's awesome. Love seeing a guy that is able to be a seat, like a older player in college and still perform well. Their corners, I w- I don't love their corners, but the defense is playing well. The offense, if Chris Godwin can get healthy and Leonard Fournette gets the starting role over Ronald Jones because he's better than Ronald Jones, that would help. Uh, but the offensive line's playing decently. They have a lot of receiving weapons, even though Gronk, like Brady, is washed. Um I think that that I think they're comfortably at least the sixth or seventh best team in the NFC. I, because I, but then again, I'm also down on the 49ers to the point I don't think they're a playoff team. And I don't. And but are you gonna put? Wait, now hold on. Who do you like better, Tampa or Chicago? I like Tampa better. Yeah, Tampa. But we all know okay. how we feel about Chicago. That's a different well, story. We know how you feel about Chicago. I know how I feel about Chicago. Wait a minute. Are you Chicago saying that you think the Bears deserve to be three and zero? They're 3-0, aren't they? But do yeah, they deserve they to be 3-0? and They literally were handed a game against the Lions where the guy dropped the ball. DeAndre Swift dropped the ball. That would have that would have won the game for the Lions. They literally were handed the game. Yo, what's that old phrase in basketball? I think it's like, ball don't lie or something like that. Ball don't lie, yeah. <laughs> Chicago's 3-0. You are not going to pull that right now. He, he's did. right, though, Tyler. He's, he's right. Oh. They're 3-0. They won games. I mean, yeah, like they had some come-from-behind victories in, in week one. Mitch Trubisky turned into Broadway Joe and threw three fourth quarter touchdowns to come back. So and then you're right. It is a fact the that the Chicago Bears are three and zero. It is an absolute fact. But and we and can sit here and discuss. The defense is good. I think that Trubisky shouldn't have been benched. I think they, Nick Foles got really lucky. I don't care if you get lucky. I would rather be lucky than good. If wait, you think they play. shouldn't have benched Trubisky? Are you a moron? Trubisky threw one interception. If you were going to bench him for throwing one pick then you shouldn't have played him in the first place. Well, they, they shouldn't have. That's, that's the but issue. Hell, here's, what, here's what I'm getting at. Trubisky, what, if you don't make him do too much, he's not that bad. It's when you try and ask him to be more than a system quarterback that he becomes bad. Then I, why do you want to roll with him anyway? They literally acquired a Super Bowl MVP and didn't want Nick to play Nick Foles him. is bad. Nick Foles is worse than Mitch Trubisky. I don't care who you are. He has never been anything other okay. than he got. So let's let's say you're right, Gage. Let's say you're right, okay? Nick Foles comes out, has an awful two, three weeks, and then the Bears want to go back to Trubisky. Guess what they can still do? Go back to Trubisky. Everybody's making it like, oh, you killed his confidence. It's a football team. If you're not playing your job well, you're going to get benched. Okay, here, here's what I'll say. No, you've had your time, Gage. It's my turn. So here we go. So Mitch Trubisky has not been good, all right? Now, the Matt Nagy system in Chicago is very simple. You just have to you just have to be on time and make your reads yep. correctly. Trubisky was not able to do that. Do I agree with when they benched him? 
Absolutely not. I do not think in that game that was not the time to bench him. He has had worse performances. Down 16 points. However, the time to pull however, Matt Nagy made the correct call, obviously, because Nick Foles came in and and rejuvenated that offense, and the Falcons collapsed. And consequently, the the Falcons ended up giving the game away, and the Bears ended up being able to make enough plays to ultimately put themselves ahead and win the football game. So we can disagree about certain aspects of it, but it was the right call at the time. Trubisky probably should have been pulled the week before. He probably should have been pulled before the game even started. But at the same time, the call was right because it, it won the Bears the football game. So here's the reason I disagree from I, – I agree that we can agree on the – like the benching time was wrong. When I say that you should – like if you were just going to bench Trubisky for throwing a pick, then you shouldn't have played him anyway. He So the pick he threw wasn't that bad. It was a slightly off-target throw, and the linebacker made a good play on the ball. But like – Why are you – but you're eluding the fact that they're down uh, 16 so, points. So here's what I'm getting at. So they brought in Nick Foles. Nick Foles – nearly cost them the game two or three times. He had one pick or one ball that should have been picked off by three different Falcons. It went through three of their okay. hands on one play, and Jimmy Graham caught it and went scored. But, so what I'm getting is, at is— not just make the argument. Yeah, is, aren't you the one making the argument that they should be three and out? Ball <laughs> don't lie? Wasn't that so what you I'm saying five is, minutes ago? I still think Mitch Trubisky is better than Nick Foles. I, just, I think Matt and Mitch Trubisky is a better <sighs> athlete. I think that he is— I, I think Trubisky's a better athlete. I think Nick Foles is not that good. I think that behind the Chicago offensive line, which has issues, Mitch Trubisky is not good at moving the football. He's just not. And this move I mean, is Nick not Foles. about this move is not about Mitch Trubisky or Nick Foles. This move is about the Chicago Bears as a football team, and that's right. Matt Nagy's job. I, I'm just saying. That I still think no Trubisky's better Trubisky. than Foles. That team has okay. no faith in them. I don't know what Foles has done in his career other than get lucky a couple of times and catch lightning in a bottle. What is what did Foles do in when, Jacksonville? When has Trubisky year? ever done that? When has he I caught mean, lightning in a bottle? He, he took them to the playoffs two years ago. Yes, he did. And you know what he did? No, he no, he made no, his, no, no. That he defense made, took the Bears to the playoffs. Yes. Well, yes. And then in that game against Nick Foles and the Eagles, we best remember it for the double doink, uh, the Bears punted six times in that game because Mitch Trubisky couldn't move the damn ball. If you want to go fact check it, go ahead. I did it like three days ago. <laughs> All right, we're gonna move no. on. <laughs> we're gonna move on. We're spending way too much time talking about the Bears on a Packers podcast. So there's no such thing. <laughs> the Bears punted six times. Gage. Pretty sure the Eagles punted like five. It was a, it was a disgusting game all around. It was the game was sixteen fifteen. It's not like it was good. All right. So uh, wait, where were the Bears punted? The, the Eagles punted five times. Okay. That's because the Bears defense was better. Yeah, than... well, Mitch Trubisky, you're you're arguing that he's better than Nick Foles in a head-to-head game, and I know this is a weapon and system thing now, but he punted. They punted six times. He couldn't move the ball. He all actually he moved the he ball. He threw for like than... 300 yards, but you he, can he... argue that he moved the ball better than the Eagles did because they had more punts down inside the 40 or inside the 20. Why are we arguing about a game from 2016? It, okay, it was 20, it was 2018, but oh yeah, close. <laughs> but yeah, but uh, so, I mean, okay. We still I, have a big wildcard team, so we should probably do that. So Let's agree to disagree. Okay. <laughs> but I think Buccaneers are one what of them. What a mess. What a I mess. I think Buccaneers are one of them. Who put us on the podcast together? <laughs> what a mess. So, all right. <laughs> and definitely going to fire us. We've tomorrow. got one spot. I think you give it to the Bears. You have – I think you give it to the Bears right now. Oh, right no, now. I can't. I can't. Now, you heard it here first. Bears are well, better than the – I'd rather put all three NFC West teams – You're not giving it to the Washington football team, I'll tell you that. I'd rather so. put all three NFC West teams in over the Bears. I, I don't think the Niners are that bad. I don't I, think the I Niners are worse than the Bears. I, 
I can't. Well, you know, at three and out, I'm not going to make. It's the same argument I couldn't make with the Titans. I can't say no to the Titans, and I know it was to win the division, but you're three and out. I have to make the case for you right now. I think when you start looking at the second team in each division, all three teams that are not finishing in first in the West are better than the second team in any other division. I would agree with that, but the Bears are also three the and out. East leading Washington football team? Come on, man. The slander. Wait, what? They're leading the NFC East? No way. Yep. Yep. I had no idea. <laughs> yeah. I, not something I thought to fact check either. That's crazy. They're, they're technically leading because they've won a divisional game and Dallas has not. <laughs> All right. Well, let's just move on before we get even further into this, <laughs> this rabbit hole. Um all right, okay, so let's no, just... we got to go cover this 49ers-Eagles game that Alex was talking about a All little right. bit ago. It just while. makes for an upset, right? I think we're going to get Nick Mullins, uh, and he's he's a guy, to go back to use one of your terms, Gage, who's been catching lightning in a bottle by all means. I mean, he's Nick been Mullins. killing it. What's that? He's the goat, man. Yeah, he's he's looking like one. I mean, the, the couple starts he's had in his career, he's always been really solid. Now, is this an exposed Nick Mullins game? We don't know. Um, I, I really just have a feeling. I think I think Eagles will at least cover. I, I said they were going to win. I think they'll cover. Uh, plus seven. I think it's at seven and a half it might be at now. Yeah, uh, seven. No, it's seven. I have it updated. It now. is still seven? Okay. Um, yeah, so I, I don't know. I, I, I still like the 49ers to win this probably, yes. But I, I think this has the makings of an upset, right? National television. The Eagles just got embarrassed by tying with rookie Joe Burrow. And now they, they need a win to even make an argument in that division. We were just going over, you know, the Washington football team are in the driver's seat. It, it's an absolutely a division that's still within reach. Yeah, you're laughing your, your, your rear off because it's a, a funny joke. The Washington it, football team are in the driving seat. You love and, it. But I, yeah, no, go ahead. No, I, I don't think Philly wins. I think Philly's bad. Uh, Jason Peters just got put on injured reserve. This offensive line is bad. The weapons are bad. Yeah. Uh, like other than Miles Sanders and Zach Ertz, this this like a Grant Hakeem Butler comeback season. Um, Carson Wentz looks ter- like you remember. You guys remember last year when Sam Darnold was caught on the hot mic seeing ghosts? Yes. I think Carson Wentz has got that again. I don't think he has any faith in anything that's happening out there. But you're not going to put Jalen Hurts over him because you're paying Carson Wentz too much money to do that. Exactly. And he's 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 already spent enough time on the sidelines in big situations. You need yeah. your franchise quarterback to dig you out of this hole you're in at 0-2-1. That's why I, I just think the 49ers, as you said, beat up. Obviously, their defensive line suffered those two injuries to Bosa and Thomas earlier this year. Uh, and, you know, you mentioned Miles Sanders. You mentioned Zach Ertz. I just think that the, the middle of the field is, is a ball game the Eagles can win if Wentz is on. So... I, I think it's a I don't winnable think game. Will be. I think it's no, winnable, it, but I don't yes. think they win. This I, Eagles team, this Eagles team, similar to how I talk about Minnesota, I have no faith in Philly right now. I, and if you're a Philly fan, I'm not there yet. If you're a Philly fan, I don't know what they've done to show you that they can. Carson Wentz has thrown two picks in every game. Do you yeah, guys know, know that? Yes. Three I games. Did, yeah. Three games, two picks every game. I have no faith in what this Philly team is doing. I think that they have. Their depth has been massively exposed. Okay, you were just you were just you just went on a. It's it's good you've talked so much in the last forty minutes because I have so many things to bring back up. So, <laughs> Come on, bring it, so man. You were you were just tearing apart the 49ers defensive backs. Doesn't this feel like it could be a a bounce back game for a guy like Carson Wentz that has shown us so much in the past? If Philly had healthy receivers, yes. Yeah. Greg Ward, great, love him. Awesome story. 
<laughs> Charles quarterback turned NFL wide receiver. Played yeah. in the uh, what was it, the AFL for a while. Yes. AFL. Starting if they were starting just uh, AFL. Jalen Rager and Deshaun Jackson, I would have oh, some faith. I would have some faith if it was at least Jalen Rager, Deshaun Jackson. But with Greg Ward, John Hightower, Quez Watkins, I can't even remember the fourth guy. If they were, st- but like with those guys, like I understand, I ranted on the 49ers defense backs because they're not good and they're not healthy. But I, I can't have faith in these four guys who, other than Greg Ward, have done literally nothing in football. They have a combined, like I just, I can't, I can't do it. I'm picking 49ers to win, and I pick the 49ers to cover because I think, wow. that, I think this Philly team, what we're seeing is. The is the a team that has no depth get completely and fully exposed. Philly had no depth on their offensive line. They compared to the Super Bowl run, their Super Bowl run, they lost like three starters and then they slotted in three guys that were still starters. And then their receivers, they had depth at receiver and they were all healthy at the right time. Right now, they're not healthy anywhere. They have no linebackers. What's going to happen tomorrow is Jeffrey Wilson and Jarek McKinnon are going to have humongous games because do you do me a favor name the starting linebackers from philly uh, I, I tap out yeah exactly i exactly. feel like i know them but i can't can't recall right now but their starting linebackers are so bad you can't name them it's nate gary tj edwards and duke riley no, right. I mean, hey that is wisconsin tj edwards yeah, to you sh- sh- shout out to tj edwards but <laughs> i mean the I'm rest just, of them I'm i have no like, idea What's going to happen tomorrow is this offensive line for San Francisco, which is a little – they're a little beat up, but I think they're still just going to move the ball. I think that Nick Mullins is maybe not going to have as good of a game as he did last week, but I think he still has a good game. I just don't have faith in Philly. I think it's – and it sucks. It sucks for Philly. But guess what? You got your Super Bowl run. You're allowed to be bad now. Okay, so I think that this matchup is going to come down to a, a battle between Shanahan and Peterson. And ultimately, the better coach will prefer, will prevail. And at this point in time, that is going to be Shanahan. Now, I was really nervous who you were going to say there. <laughs> yeah, yes, only one of those guys has a ring. Let's keep that in mind. True. That's true too. I do think that Peterson has things that he does better than Shanahan, but I do I think Shanahan's scheme is better than Peterson's. That's, and that's yeah, that's fair. Ultimately, I, I think Shanahan wins out in this this matchup. Uh, I do like the Eagles like to cover though. I do feel like the Eagles are going to cover. Yeah. This, uh, I just don't like that seven-point line. And if for you San feel Francisco. they're going to cover, you might as well feel they're going to win, Tyler. You might as well go all in. No, with me. because I'm, I'm, I, I'm, I'm repedaling uh, on. I got the Eagles. Okay. Both to cover and win. Let's move on. All right, let's move on. Uh, let's go Cowboys Browns. This should be a fun game. Fifty-six point over under. Dallas favored by four and a half points. Uh, I am. Yeah. We talked about this game on the Game on Fancy podcast this week. Uh, there is going to be a ton of offense in this game, and I'm here for it. Looks like Odell Beckham is going to play. He came off the injury report with that back injury. Uh, I'm excited for it. I think it's going to be a lot of fun. Uh, we get to see what Baker Mayfield can do when they let him loose because they're going to have to this week. Um, they're not going to be able to rely on Nick Chubb the whole time. Uh, I know that Gage feels like they can just run the ball the whole time and be and be competitive, but they're going to have to throw to keep up with this yeah. Dallas team. And it's going to be a lot of fun because we finally get to see them unleash Baker and this passing offense. Yeah, you said at the top, Tyler, way back when we pressed record about, I don't know, the 20 minutes a day is a a lie. Sorry if you made it this far. (laughs) (laughs) We typically run long on the the weekend, so it's okay. Yes, we we, we let loose. So, no, we said at the top, you know, a lot of these games this weekend are going to be telling games. We're going to be able to gauge where a lot of teams are at 
just through their performance in week four, because that's a quarter of the season uh, down the drain already. So we're going to be able to see where both of these teams are at. The Cowboys are a team a, a lot of people thought would be rejuvenated with the hiring of Mike McCarthy. They've been a little bit underwhelming through three weeks, but this sets up for a game against Cleveland, who is almost always underwhelming, but they've gotten a couple wins now, and they, they, are, uh, they are competitive. So I think, yeah, you're right. This is absolutely going to be an offensive shootout. Um, both of these quarterbacks are going to throw upwards of what? I don't know, 40 passes each probably. So uh, it's, it's going to be, it's going to be a fun one. And if you're a fantasy owner and have anybody in, in these games, uh, you got to give them a go, I think. Yeah. And I think it's actually really funny. when we talk about my McCarthy and the Cowboys, because watching the Cowboys through three weeks, I do get a lot of really bad flashbacks to the Packers of the past couple of years. Yeah. And some of the things that he's done uh, game management wise, let's say, yes. and, and calling plays. And it's, it's hard to watch sometimes because it really is the thing that held some of these Packers teams back, and it's going to be some of the things that hold, that holds this Cowboys team back. And this is a game that the Cowboys need to win. They not yeah. only should they win, they need to win this game. It's a home game for them. They have had a tough start to the season. But if they lose this game, they could easily spiral out of control as the rest of the season goes on. Um, this is a game that they need for the team, for the football team, for their confidence, uh, and to instill confidence back in McCarthy and what he's doing there in Dallas. I actually don't know if it's necessarily a must win. I like I agree that they should win. I think that they I think that they will win. I like I picked I picked Dallas to win this game. But looking across the rest of the NFC East schedule this week, I think we can all agree Rams are probably gonna mop the floor with the Giants. Yep. I Washington agree. football team probably gonna get smoked by Baltimore. Who will cover the yep. fourteen point favorite? That's crazy. And then oh, we already that's we, a tough line, but yeah, I think so. <laughs> and we talked about 49ers Eagles. Tyler and I are both on or well, at least I'm on San Francisco. Alex is on Philly. Tyler was kind of in the middle. He thinks that 49ers win, but Eagles cover. That was kind of where you ended up at. Yes. So he, then he'll, he'll he'll come to the smart side before Sunday. So <laughs> so even if Dallas loses this game, they're still in it. In okay, from a record standpoint, their season's not over. But I'm yeah. I'm talking about from a football team standpoint. This is a game that you need to win. This to, is a confidence. Game, yes, yeah. yes. It's it's the type of game that we talked about so many times when McCarthy was was heading up the Packers and like they need to win this game so that they can set themselves up for the rest of the season. Right. And then they come out and they just lay a dud. Now, I don't think that's going to happen here. I think that the talent that is overall in this offense is mirroring some of the best offenses that McCarthy put up in Green Bay, talent-wise. So what that means is they need to show up because if they don't show up, they need to shut up until they do. And yeah, I, I think that this team could win four out of the next five. Like, listen, So here's their schedule. They got Cleveland this week. They're at home the next – so they're at home all three weeks. They got Cleveland, Giants, Cardinals. I know we all agree the Cardinals are good. Their offense is good. But that game could – I think that that game might have like a 57, 58-point over-under when that game comes time. And then they got Washington on the road, Philly on the road. I think that we could see Dallas go on a run here. I agree yep. that it needs to start this week. I just was making it – I was just saying like their season's not over. No. But I think that they could easily win four out of the next five games and put themselves in a strong position to shut down this NFC East, like especially if they win against Philly to start, like, and that's a primetime game too. Uh, it's either, I can't, I don't, it's a Sunday night game against Philly in Philly. Ooh, that's a good game. I think that that right there, that's where, like, if they win that game, this division might be over halfway through the season, in my yeah. opinion. 
And it all starts here against Cleveland. I think that they do win this game. I just, yep. I don't think that they're over. On to the next one. Lions-Saints. I think that game's interesting. Like it's, I think Saints so, too. Are, Saints are only favored by three. How? We don't know what they are yet. Uh, you know, we, we don't know what they're made up of yet. Obviously, they lose to the Raiders on Monday night. Then they go on national television again the next week and lose to Green Bay on Sunday night. So they're just in, you know, the mud right now. But uh, the Lions at home, maybe that sways the line at least a little bit because it's going to be cold up here in the Midwest this weekend and they're not in the Dome. Who knows? But I, I think wait, I think the on. Saints what? win this game and cover. What's up? Wait, do, doesn't Detroit play in a Dome? Am I wrong? Yeah. Yeah. Oh yeah, they do. I'm an idiot. I was like, <laughs> I was like, did they get a new stadium that I was not aware of? All right, it's no, Gage's uh, turn to make a big mess up now. Okay, <laughs> yeah, okay. we've all done it. Yeah, so I'm gonna. I got this. I got Two this. Turn. So Detroit's starting quarterback is, of course, Matthew Stafford. Right? Is that is that correct, Alex? No, jo- Joey Harrington is his name. Okay. I thought it was Dan Orlovsky. Like, yeah, Dan Orlovsky's still there. Yeah. yeah. Did you guys see that? 0 and 16. Dan Orlovsky said that his team could beat the Jets. Uh, I actually kind of sixteen agree times. I kind of agree too. The Jets. He are just said a that his own sixteen Lions would beat the Jets sixteen times. That's Jeez. hilarious. That is funny. <laughs> yeah, but anyway, I I think that the Saints are comfortably better here. I I think yeah. that they're being disrespected a little bit. A little bit. If you are a betting person, like uh, some of us on this podcast who all do it legally, uh, aka myself. I'm comfortable taking the Saints to cover this line. I might even take it up, like, if it was four or five points. I'd probably take New Orleans at that line. Does the Lions' victory over the Cardinals mean anything to you? No. Nope. I think Cardinals are good. I think they had a bad week. I think they were smelling themselves a little bit. I think that that was a a Kyler Murray lost on that game. That was a trap game. I agree. So I, I am looking at the Saints to come out angry this week. Uh, and you know they're going they're going to Detroit, but with no fans, I I just don't care about home field at this point. Like I think that that's it's silly to consider that's a lot fair. of these places. No, I think Detroit has some fans in the stands. I don't care. What is it? Two thousand fans? Like two thousand yes. fans? It's fine. I, I don't care. I think I think the Saints come out angry, and I think they kind of steamroll this this Lions team because this Lions team is not that good. So uh, they they went into was it they went into Arizona last week. But they yes. ended up beating yeah. the Cardinals, which is a good win for them. But that's just it's a fluke. They're, they're not that good. I think that they'll be able to keep up offensively a little bit. But the defense is just not going to be able to keep up with the Saints offense. We saw what Kamara did to the Packers last week. Uh, Kamara is going to have just as big of a day this week. I'm with that's, you. All right. I agree. Let's move on then. Texans-Vikings. Uh, Texans, Who gets their first win? Houston. I think so too. I'm yeah, taking better, better quarterback, home team. Houston yeah. just Houston's a got a I think a better defense. Did anything Vikings, that Minnesota did yes. against the Titans give you any hope for this Vikings offense? Justin Jefferson is good as yes. we thought as we thought like we thought he was good. He is in fact good at football. Did we see the conversation on Twitter? Yes, the Justin Jefferson versus Alan Lazard debate. Yes, I saw <laughs> you comment on the Alan Lazard debate. <laughs> it's so stupid. So, Alex, did you get the chan- uh, get a chance to I see this? I did not see this. No. So basically, uh, yeah, Lazard's better. Yeah. Was, so yes. there was somebody from Vikings Twitter putting up. I guess they were. I didn't see anybody actually say this, but uh, talking about how Packers fans were trying to say that Lazard was better than Justin Jefferson, and like. I didn't see anybody say this, but I just commented on saying, like, yeah, I love Alan Lazard, but if anybody was saying this, then I don't know why you're fighting this because it's not true. Like, Justin Jefferson is more talented, way more talented than Alan Lazard right now. But it, it was just true. funny. 
Uh, he's not. He doesn't have the output that Al Lazard typically does. He had a big week last week. I agree, and obviously the ceiling's what, he much had higher. Seven for one seventy or something like that. Yeah, it was ridiculous. He had a huge week. Um, but uh, he, the ceiling's obviously much higher for Jefferson. But I think I'd rather take a uh, you know a second year in this system, Al Lazard, than a first year Justin Jefferson. But I'm obviously, hard to disagree. But okay, let's move on then, because I don't want to have another twenty minute debate. Um, oh, we can have several more. <laughs> I, I, me, me and Gage could probably go for the next 12 hours. I, I got time. I got water and I got time. <laughs> All right. So Texans, Vikings, who are we picking here? You said Texans? Texans. Yeah. All right, Texans. Yeah. Moving on. Buccaneers, Chargers. Bucks. Moving Trap on. game? Trap game? Uh, it no. could be. But you know what? With the, with no Joey Ooh, Bosa, really? no Melvin Ingram, no, no Joey Bosa or no Melvin Ingram or no Chris Harris, I just think yeah. the Bucks are going to steamroll them. Yeah, you're, you're right. Uh, I do agree. I just wanted to. I wanted to put it out there. See if anybody would buy. If it. those guys were healthy, absolutely. But without th- your top three defenders and Derwin James, who has not played a single down this year, obviously. But right. Did you just slander Casey Hayward like that and say that Chris Harris is better right now. Yes. All right. <laughs> All right. Backs <laughs> off that one real quick. Whatever. I I don't agree. I no, think it's right not. Now, it's not a slight to Casey Hayward, I, but Chris Harris is I, clearly better. I'd say peak, yeah, but I wouldn't say right now because Casey Hayward's still younger. Than Chris Harris? He absolutely is not. Is he not younger? I will fight you on this. I'm pretty sure I'm pretty sure Casey Hayward is thirty one. I'm pretty sure Chris Harris is thirty. Chris Harris is thirty one. Damn it. Okay, Casey Hayward so Chris Harris, June eighteenth, nineteen eighty nine. Casey Hayward September ninth. September ninth, nineteen eighty nine. He is young. Aha. I was close. Three <laughs> I was close. <laughs> I went. All right. All right. Fair. I, I just mean, like, I, Casey Hayward seems to stay healthy, be, like, do a better job staying healthy. Casey Hayward's also able to play outside, whereas Chris Harris has largely been a slot-exclusive guy for uh, his yeah. entire career. And I've made it clear for every podcast I've ever done that if you can't go into the slot and outside, I'm not saying Chris Harris can't. I'm not saying he can't. I'm just saying we've never seen him outside. He exclusively plays in the slot, whereas Casey can do both. He definitely played outside of Denver, but let's move on. Another another 20-minute debate. Akeem <laughs> so. Tlaib and Bradley Roby were the outside guys. Chris Harris was the slot in Denver. That's how that whole defense worked. Okay, moving on. Washington Ravens. <laughs> so Baltimore 14-point favorites. I said I'd take Baltimore on that line. Uh, yeah. You know, I, I tried to have faith in Washington last week, and it really burned me. Uh, I thought it was a – I think me it was too. a – 10 point it was a 10 point line i think against i got him at seven it was seven it was seven. something like that yeah, yeah 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 i was like oh you know they're gonna compete with this browns team and i don't think the browns team is that good but i do think that washington is that bad so uh i'm taking the ravens here to cover 14 points 45 point over under probably taking the over because i think the ravens are gonna score a bunch of points under under in baltimore covers i just think they just completely suffocate this team this is one of those games where baltimore might only win like 23 to 6 or 23 to 7 or something like that so they cover but everyone's like oh they didn't blow them what out the but then you look, was at, that, right? you look at the box score and, the, and washington had like 10 punts and baltimore just ran the ball for 300 yards just never scored touchdowns this could be i think this could be one of those stupid games like it's oh it doesn't look like a blowout but really it was if you go check the box score all right panthers cardinals 52 point over under arizona is favored by three Talk about trap games. I do not like this Cardinals matchup against this Panthers team. Panthers team is currently the number one team in the league against, against the pass. Uh, Kyler Murray has not been good. 
Uh, he's been okay. He has been ma- he's been able to make plays with his legs, but throwing the ball, he has been very average. So we talked about some of the mental errors for Kyler Murray. If he can if he can start to clean those up, Cardinals win this game easily. But I do not like this matchup overall. Uh, the Panthers defense is not good, but they do stop the pass for some reason. So we can say yeah. it's because we can say it's because they haven't been passed on a lot. But at the same time, uh, I, I just until we get that proof, you know, they're not giving up passing yards. So. Yeah, you remember week one when Josh Jacobs literally put on a clinic? Correct. Like Josh, J- they didn't. Why didn't? Why didn't Vegas throw the ball? Because Josh Jacobs was like, "Hey, I'm your daddy now," and just <laughs> ran all over them. Yeah. So yeah, I, I I like Arizona. This doesn't feel like a trap game to me. Okay. I'm, I'm not. I think I think you might have the proximity. Uh, the proximity fear because you're, you're in the area, mm-hmm. so you, you're, you're, you're you're overthinking it. Gosh, no, Cardinals fans I, are worse than Packers fans. You have no idea. Uh, are they? <laughs> put, yes. yeah. I'm putting down money as we speak on this game and on that Saints game. I think that the Saints are being disrespected. And I well, think let's Saints find one more. Arizona. Let's find one more for gauge and let's parlay it. I, oh, that, okay. Oh, if we do a podcast parlay, let's do that. I'm, 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 I'm let's do a podcast parlay, and I'll, I'll, I'll jump on board, too. Perfect. Uh, all right. All right. Let's get another one. So let's, let's find another on. one. Bengals-Jaguars. Let's go here. So 49-point oh, over-under, two-and-a-half-point Cincy favorite. Uh, I love the Bengals in this game. I love what Joe Burrow's doing down there. Uh, Zach Taylor has not been particularly good calling the plays, but Joe Burrow has been fantastic. They need to get yeah. Joe Mixon the ball more often. Uh, I love the receiving core. chest injury? Whatever. They're going to get Joe Mixon the ball. They need to get him the ball. because he's Joe he, Mixon's injured. Joe Mixon legitimately might I know. not play. He's going to play. So he's questionable. Highly he's, questionable. He's going to play. Um, Highly questionable. Yeah, he'll play. No, <laughs> I agree. But no, I, you're right. Burrow's been ridiculous. He's throwing like I don't have the numbers up, but a 65 percent uh, pass completion rate. He's got five touchdowns, one interception. I think it's something like what does he have? Through, is, is it 800 or yards or, or 600 I'm, yards I'm or something? I'm pulling it up now. I'm pulling it up now. Okay. Okay. Let's look at the yards for average too. So I'm really curious what that is. 64.5 percent completion. That's pretty percentage, close. 821 yards. 5.8 yards per attempt, five Ooh. touchdowns, one interception. He has a quarterback rating of, on, uh, where's it at? Where's it at? Where's it? 89. 89 right now. Okay. His QBR nice. is 50.8, so he's basically average yeah. uh, in terms of QBR. Behind he's that offensive line, though, that is a freaking godsend. He's been godsend. sacked 14 times. He's yeah. been sacked 14 times. You don't like that. Through three um, weeks, that's four sacks a game. <laughs> like, it's awful. He's been, actually, Burrow's been sacked 14 times. Yeah, no, so it, last week when it got really bad. He had three in week one, three in week two, okay. eight in week three. Holy smokes. Yeah, that yeah, offensive line in Cincinnati is awful. Yeah, it's, well, yeah, that makes a lot of sense. But, yeah, I, I don't know about this game. This one's interesting. Um, I'm openly not a huge Gardner Minshew fan. I think he kind of stinks. Uh, wow. I'm a, I'm a Bengals. I'm going to go Bengals here, but, I, yeah, I, I guess. poor man's Baker. We talked about this. Uh, no, he's a, he's a poor, he's a poor man's Ryan Fitzpatrick. Would you like to hear my argument on this? Sure. So, right. It's a guy you don't expect to come in and, and be the man of your, of your franchise. He's got like the movie character aspect, <laughs> like uncle Rico lookalike, right? He had the, he, he drove in an RV across the country. Uh, what was it last summer? And, uh, you know, it's just a guy you kind of root for, right? He had the quote about coronavirus in the off season. It looked at me and ran the other way. But I look at a guy like Ryan Fitzpatrick, right? He's played on a million different teams. He's got the best, uh, you know, most badass beard we've ever seen in NFL history. Grezegoric, it's like your beard, beard on steroids. <laughs> like, it's that Well, sweet. it's funny you say that. Uh, I actually had a good buddy of mine who bought me a jersey shirt of uh, Fitzpatrick for that reason. Good. 
yeah, wonderful. Well, yeah, but, but my final point is, I mean, the dude went to Harvard. Have you seen his post-game outfits? I mean, everything about Ryan Fitzpatrick is absolutely awesome, and we don't give him enough love. So I think Gardner Minshew is a poor man's Fitzpatrick. Fair enough. So than Baker. Um, but anyway, yeah, I'll take Bengals to cover here. I agree. I think uh, since he covers pretty easily, uh, I'm excited to watch Joe Burrow air it out. I think this is—is is this the last of the one o'clock games tomorrow? Yes. Okay, especially with that uh, that indie game getting flexed to four, this might be the game that I'm watching. This Dallas and then uh, Saints are probably the three games I'm watching the most. Yeah. Uh, just because I think, and I think that this game could be a lot of fun. I haven't gotten to watch Burrow very much just because other games have been on at his time, but I think right now I I think I can get in on him this week. Two and a half, I think they cover. I think that they can win by a field goal. I love getting it at two and a half instead of three because if this game does come down to a late field goal, I like getting that. Dolphins, Seahawks. Speaking of Ryan Fitz, Magic himself, the Harvard man. Yeah. uh, Can he keep up with Russell Wilson? No, he's going to get pounded. Uh, Seattle only five and a half is actually a little bit surprising to me. It's actually moved down too. When mm-hmm. Tyler and I did when Tyler and I did our podcast Thursday night, uh, it was at six and a half. So it's actually yep. come down. So there's been money on Dolphins. I think that's where I got him. I think I got Seattle at six and a half. Um, yeah, I, I, I like Seattle to cover, especially at five and a half. Um, I don't think. I mean, I think Fitzmagic might be able to move the rock a little bit, right? Have a passing touchdown or two. Uh, we, we might see some some Miles Gaskin flash in the pan touchdowns, but it's still Seattle all day for me. 100% agree. Uh, it's gonna be it's gonna be a great game to watch though because I just feel like Fitzpatrick is just gonna put on a show. Uh, the Seattle the Seattle defense is not that good, and I I like the matchups of Preston Williams and Devontae Parker against the secondary for Seattle. Uh, I just like the I like this game to put up a lot of points. I don't think Miami's really competitive in this game, but I do think that they are able to keep pace a little bit in the points department. Yeah. So ultimately, I'm going to go with the better football team, better offense, and the better quarterback in Russell Wilson and the Seattle Seahawks. Uh, definitely like the five and a half point uh, cover for them. Fifty four point over under. I'm probably taking the over on that because I think it's going to be about what forty to thirty something like that. It's going to be something oh, ridiculously yeah. weird. Yeah, um, I take the over pretty easily. So I uh, don't really have any concerns about this game. Otherwise, I we, we've talked about Miles Gaskin fantasy wise on on Friday, uh, Thursday into Friday, and uh, yeah, he's he's a viable option this week for sure. So uh, there's definitely going to be a lot of pieces in this game who are going to be productive. Uh, oh yeah. Just, just it, but the thing is, I want I want to talk about Seattle a little bit. Do we think that their defense can be good enough for them to win the big games? No. I, I think. I think it, no, go ahead, Gage. Go ahead. No, 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 go ahead, go ahead. I, I think, I don't even know if I have an answer. Uh, yeah, I think so. I think I'll, I'll, I'll play, because I, I think Gage is going to say no, and he already did. So I'll go the other route. I think, yeah, they can probably step up. Um, but it's, it, it, if, if the offense doesn't show up, then they're not going to win games. So I guess it's codependent almost. I, I think Gage will have better insight on that than I will. So here's my argument of why I don't think that their defense can be good enough. One, health. Their best pass yeah. rusher, or at least their best edge rusher, Bruce Urban, out for the year already. Already done. Jamal Adams has been their second best pass rusher, and he's a safety. Mm-hmm. So, and he's hurt. Quentin Dunbar, their second best corner, because Trey Flowers is their best corner, he's out for the year. Or not out for the year, but he's out no, right he's now. he's out for this weekend, yeah. Yeah, so right now they're dealing with injuries. They have no other edge presence. You're hoping that Puna Ford and LJ Collier maybe takes a step or whoever, 
But right now, I don't have any faith in their pass rush. Bobby Wagner is good, but a little long in the tooth. K.J. Wright has regressed severely yeah. since that's since their Super Bowl years. So I don't have a ton of faith in this defense. What it comes down to is, can your offense outscore whoever you're playing? Kansas City, they at least still have some defensive pieces to be able to do that. I'm not seeing that out of Seattle. Like, hey, man, look. Let, let me tell you what, Ryan Fitzpatrick going to get picked off four times by Demarius Randall this weekend. Uh, oh, Seattle, signed, right. Seattle signed him this week. Forgot. Yeah. I was like, did I, I was like, huh? Did I miss something? Yeah, okay. Seattle signed him the other day. Yeah. So no. I think that the Seattle defense can be good enough. And the reason is because they have, they, they made a crucial stop against the Patriots to win that game. They did enough against the Cowboys to win that game. I think that they can do enough to win those games, but I don't know if that's going to persist. Because ultimately, I do feel like Seattle probably should have lost that game against the Patriots. I have my quarrels about that final drive, uh, final red zone possession. But uh, if you want to listen to that, go back to You and I have talked about that a couple of times. Yeah. So if you want to listen to that, go back to our previous game on Fantasy Podcast because we've talked about it quite a bit. So let's move on to Rams-Giants. I think Rams cover this. Uh, They're 13-point favorites, 48-point over-under. This Giants team is bad, bad. They're not good at all. Uh, They're on the par with the Jets and Broncos. As, as some of the worst teams in football right now. Oh, yeah, they are. It's on, on par. They're worse than the Broncos, man. They're 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 yeah. right there with their uh, their stadium mate. Those those two are the worst teams in football through three weeks. One hundred percent true. I guess through four for the Jets, but yeah, I I have no faith in the Giants. I I think Rams cover pretty easily. They cover they cover I, I think before the third quarter's even over, and I don't think the Giants will ever crawl back. Yeah, it's not going to be pretty. Do the Giants? Does Joe Judge make it out of year one? Absolutely. Yeah, you don't fire a coach so. in year one. I don't care. Yeah. The Cardinals did it. Well, the Cardinals, I had my quarrels about the that, Cardinals too. The Cardinals also drafted a quarterback. and then Yeah, they also got rid of their after quarterback after a year, right? Now he's on a practice squad, which is crazy. My lookalike, Josh Rosen. So <laughs> um, I didn't think about that until you just said it. <laughs> yeah, I'm wearing glasses today, so maybe not so much. But uh, great <laughs> podcasting, uh, uh, you know. Uh, what's etiquette is the word I'm looking for. There we go. Uh, but uh, yeah, I, I think Ram, the Rams look really good. They look a lot better than they did a year ago. It looks like Jared Goff is actually realizing he's getting paid a lot of freaking money to play really good quarterback. Um, and maybe he hasn't been playing really good quarterback, but he's been better than he was in 2019. So, and yeah, we, we talked about the defense earlier in the show. So I'm, I'm really all in on, on the Rams right now. I'm, I'm higher on them than I was uh, prior to the season, but I mean, through three weeks, they look really good. In Agreed. fantasy, Jared Goff is QB nine right now. Fun fact. Really? Wow. Well, that, that's always what Jared Goff has been. He's never been flashy, but he's always provided fantasy value because of the offense. All he has to do is be sufficient, and as long as he's sufficient, he's going to return fantasy value uh, because somebody has to throw the football. And so, uh, yeah, it's great, and that's exactly what you're drafting Jared Goff for. That's why he's one of your late round targets all the time. So moving on, this is not a fantasy podcast, even though we could talk about fantasy all day. Uh, Raiders-Bills. We talked about this game a little bit earlier, but looking at it now, I'm taking Bills. Uh, they're three-point favorites. I'm taking them over the Raiders. We've talked highly about the Raiders, but this is the Bills football game to win. Um, they they sold me last week against the Rams. Uh, I, I had my doubts uh, about this yeah, Bills team. Yeah, you did. You slandered Josh Allen Sunday morning on the live but, show. Let's say this. I hope Bills Mafia puts it through a table. Hey, he all slandered I, Josh Allen. All I hard. said was, he has not played a defense that was the caliber of the Rams. And I said, I think we should temper expectations a little bit. Aaron Donald and Jalen Ramsey were the most talented players he has played against up until last week. And so 
I he sold me. Like I said, I just wanted to see him put up that performance. I would not have been surprised if he had struggled, but he clearly has taken that big step in his oh, development yeah. this year. And so uh, I'm, I'm all in on Josh Allen. Uh, he was one of my favorite draft. Uh, he was one of my favorite draft crushes. I had Josh Rosen above him, but he was my QB two in that draft. So I'm I'm looking for this for this Bills team to win this game easily. He was my QB two in that draft uh, behind behind Josh Rosen. So well, well your quarterback grades went really well. They those panned out well. It wasn't Baker Mayfield in that class. Yeah, I was that not was high that, on Baker. That was- that was Baker, yeah. Darnold, Darnold, Rosen, Rosen Lamar, yeah. and Allen. That was yeah. the that was the five that year. Oh, I wow. had I had I had Darnold five. I want that to be. Clear. I think Darnold was three for me. I think I had Baker five. But... I had I had I had Rosen two. I had Baker I had Baker one. Yeah. But I had Rosen two. Wow. All right. Anyway, that was twenty seventeen. Uh, so. Yeah. <laughs> I like I like Bills uh, minus three. I, I agree. I think. Allen's playing MVP ball. By no means is he the front runner, but he's in the uh, discussion. He is in the uh, the very premier room to be in right now in, in talks with Russell Wilson and Aaron Rodgers. Um, yeah, I, I like the Bills over the Raiders. Like we said, the Raiders are good. I think they could still make a playoff push, but this is the Bills uh, game to win. I, I'm with you 100% well said. I'm with you, Bills, as well. Let's move on to the final game we're going to talk about today. Chicago hosting the Colts. 43 point over under Indy favored by two and a half. Um, it's actually, and it's actually different depending on where you're betting on like DraftKings has it as minus three. So it just depends on where you're getting at. Um, I know that you got like Tyler, you're in on the Colts. You think their defense is good. I have my qualms. I think that their defense is overperformed. I think they've taken advantage of bad teams. I think that they got exposed in week one by Jacksonville. Uh, it's I week think one, though. Okay, I'm sorry. Oh, you no, you're good. You're good. I I was gonna say I agree. It was week one, weird off season, new quarterback, yada yada. Yep. But I I think that like Jacksonville put up a good game plan against them, and it showed what can happen if your quarterback doesn't take care of the ball. Do you guys know who the best team in football is right now from a quarterback rating perspective? Uh, I would have to assume Green Bay is up there. Nope. Tyler, I'm pretty sure Tyler knows this because I'm pretty sure we talked about it on the pod. It's got to be Indianapolis if you're asking. Yeah, it's Indianapolis and Chicago. They're one and two. Really? Wait, Say that again. Say the stat. For, uh, quarterback rating, like QBR. There's They're no way. QBR. There's absolutely no, no way. Dude, I'm telling you, Chicago. How would Chicago be n- better than Aaron Rodgers? No. No, 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 no. QB def- defensive quarterback rating. Oh. Yeah. My bad. My bad. Yeah, okay. See, yes. Bad. Now that's a stat I brought up on the podcast. So yes, yes. I agree. <laughs> yes. So this game's gonna be ugly, and I, but I think that the Bears can take advantage of Rivers making mistakes. I think that that's. I think that's how. I think that's the recipe for Chicago winning this game is if they can take away the running game and force Rivers to beat them. I think that they have a good chance to win this game. What's I the strength of the Chicago Bears right now? What is the absolute? What is their best? Let's say position group. Their best position group, linebacker, probably. Okay, sure. and so what is the best position group for the Colts? Offensive line, with that easily. Doubt. That's why I'm taking the Colts in this matchup because I think the Colts front seven is going to, or the Colts offensive line is going to handle that Bears front seven. And but I the think, Bears front seven's good. Like the Bears second exactly. best. Exactly. Probably what their defense. That's what line. they're best at. So I'm taking the Colts to beat that unit. Yeah, th- this game is going to be decided in the trenches. I think you're absolutely spot on. I don't know how flashy these offenses will get. I mean, the over under's low. It's only 43. Um, so second lowest on the week, uh, yeah, second, besides the third or third lowest besides third the Thursday lowest, game yeah. and then Bucks Chargers. Yeah, and that's only a half point difference, right? That's forty two yeah. and a half. This one's forty three. So 
I, I don't expect this to be a very flashy high scoring games by any means. I, I think this is going to be a defense battle. I think we're going to see some offensive, you know, stall outs and struggles, especially early. I, I like Indy. I think, I, I mean, you, you, Gage went on the tangent about how the Colts have beat bad teams. Well, both of these teams have been at the expense of playing bad teams through the first three weeks. Both of these teams. I mean, they ne- they haven't played anybody either of them. So this Which is, is what, a good. Yeah, it's that's a why good this. Gauge. That's what this week. This that's is a good this, barometer game for sure. Yeah. Absolutely, one thousand percent agree. I'm going to go with the, with Chicago in this game, and I'm going to tell you why. The Colts' defense, specifically their secondary, they love to give up short stuff they don't want to get beat. cover two yeah yeah like they they like kenny moore is a top five slot corner in football slot corner slot corner I yes uh, yeah i was waiting for you to say it <laughs> slot corner so, kenny moore is a top five slot corner in football if you haven't gotten the chance to watch him play uh like go back watch some tape on him just watch just watch him play he's a super fun slot corner to watch uh especially for only he's only like five nine but the guy plays super well super finesse great ball skills but Chicago's offense isn't about deep shots. That's never mm-hmm. what they, even like with Nick Foles or like that's that's not what they do. They want to pick you apart underneath. David Montgomery's finally going to get the lead back role. I think that they can do enough to like death by a thousand cuts this this Colts team and it only takes one or two bad throws by Rivers which he's going to have them. He does it every game. It's been that way forever. It's yep. not just like it's something new. I think that the Bears win this game. It's a home game for them, which I love. Uh, it's outdoors, so and it's a little colder. Like it was only like 50 degrees in Chicago yesterday. I know that that's not like, like it's not freezing, but it's not warm. Windy balls. Uh, Rivers doesn't have a lot of power on his arm anymore. I think that the Bears defense can do enough to slow down the Colts offense, and I think that the Bears win this game. I can see a path to Indy winning. I want that to be clear. But I think that Chicago does enough, and I think they come out of this game 4-0. I think it's a coin flip, yeah. The reason yeah. that you just stated that the Bears are going to win is exactly why I think the Colts are going to win. Because the Bears are going to be required to be consistently making plays to beat that defense underneath. And I don't, I don't trust this Bears offense to consistently be making the right decisions, to, to be consistently safe, um, regardless of who's under center. And I think that's why I picked the Colts. Man, you guys said it before. You said Nick Foles is great. Nobody, don't put yes, words in our mouth. No, I'm not agreeing with that at all. <laughs> anyway. BDN, baby. <laughs> all right. We need to pick our third game, though, for our parlay. Oh, okay. yeah. I like uh, – I, I do like – did we did we pick Buffalo minus three? Oh, I have that in there. Okay. I, got okay. at, I put them at minus. I got them at minus three and a half, unfortunately. But I'm still, I'll still take them at minus three and a half. So what are our three yeah. games then? We got Buffalo, uh, Buffalo, and Las Vegas. I was gonna say Oakland. Uh, let's see here. Cowboys, Browns. I got, um, I got Cardinals at minus three right now. Okay, so those are the three. And games then I have there. Saints at minus three as well. Oh, okay. So we gotta pick. Okay, we gotta pick between Cowboys, Browns, and Raiders, Bills. Bills, Bills for me. Yep, I okay. agree. All right. So and then if you, if I throw in Texans at minus three and a half, are you guys gonna kill me? Ooh, I don't trust either I'm not, one of those I'm teams. not as confident on that one. No, I'm, I'm not as confident on that one. I don't yeah. know if I'll stamp that one. Yeah. All right. Well, hopefully if you're listening to this, like you can track us, not, track us on Twitter and let us know how we're doing. Yeah. But um, I think that's it. I think we kind of covered everything. Yeah. Should we talk about Packers Falcons? We should probably talk about Packers Falcons. Just, just, just a little bit. All right. Yeah. So it looks like uh, all the receivers are trending towards playing. Devontae Adams, it looks like Matt LaFleur said he's going to be a last-minute decision again. Uh, I think he's going to play this week. I thought he was going to play last week. I thought he could have played last week. Uh 
So I think Devontae Adams plays this week, especially if Julio and Ridley both play, which they're both trending up. Dan Quinn said that today. So I think the Packers are going to need all their weapons this week, especially with Lazard going down. MVS received bracket coverage against the Saints. If Devontae Adams is not playing, boy, oh boy, is it going to be a rough day for this Packers offense in the receivers group because you're going to be relying on Robert Tanyan, uh, Jay Sternberger. Big Bob. Aaron Jones, Jamal Williams. I think we see more AJ Dillon in this game. Uh, I think if we, oh, yeah, if there's no Devonte Adams, I think that this game turns into a time control game for the Packers and trying to keep the Falcons' offense off the field. And so it really depends on what uh, Devonte Adams or Devonte Adams' presence will be the key as to what this offense is going to do. This is going to be a big Aaron Jones game. It's going to be, you know, you use the term a barometer game. It's going to be a barometer game for a guy like Aaron Jones. It's going to be another test drive, right? Why do you deserve all this money if we're without both Devontae and Alan Lazard especially? He's going to get the ball a a, a ton. And I imagine we're going to see some Swerving Irvin uh, this weekend. And I'm really excited to see what he can do in the slot. I imagine he'll be playing at least a little bit of receiver and uh, we'll see we'll see some wheel routes and probably uh, Jamal Williams splits out at least a couple times throughout this game. So I think it's going to get LaFleur, you know, scientisty. He's going to get experimental and I yeah. think it's going to be fun. Speaking of barometers, this will be the ultimate barometer for the scheme and the success of Matt LaFleur this season. If he can go into this game, let's say Devonta Adams does not play, but he can go into this game with MVS as your leading receiver with a Malik Taylor, Darius Shepard running behind him and you can still run the ball and throw the ball <laughs> and still be successful. Funny. Like, my goodness, like, who, if, if, just imagine then what he can do with all these healthy guys. Uh, so this is the biggest barometer for Matt LaFleur and, and the system, yeah. and if it's going to be successful minus uh, talented players like San Francisco. San Francisco's offensive system does not need talented players. It simply, it simply enhances it. So uh, let's see here. You still have Aaron Rodgers, but uh, ultimately it, it does boil down. Those guys need to get open. But the, the offense is predicated on those guys not having to worry about that. So if he can continue to do that with, with the lack of talent at the wide receiver position, I, I think there's something really special here in Green Bay. It's just goofy to think about the receivers you just listed off being the right. top options on Monday night, right? M- MVS, Darius Shepard, Malik Taylor, like these are not guys we expected to see, you know, being our, our top options, you know, every play guys in week four. Like this is <laughs> not at all how we saw this going, but that's, no, that's funny. Yeah, I, th- I think this is still no matter who plays. I mean, as long as Rodgers and Jones are healthy on offense, I think the Packers win this game with these. Yeah, this game is going to be really interesting. I think that they can still move the ball, even like even without the uh, like Lazard, maybe if Adams doesn't play. I think they can still move the ball just because this Falcons team is beat up in the secondary specifically. Like they're like they're like if the receivers are all trending towards playing. Uh, but I think that their secondary is still pretty beat up, and their second and their defense is bad. So, uh, by the way, J.K. Scott questionable. Did you guys see the injury report for Green Bay? There's a lot of guys that are questionable on it. I'm sure. No, I haven't just, looked at it yet. It uh, it just got tweeted out a little bit ago, but it's it is a long list. Obviously, the guy the guys tomorrow they'll get to that. They'll uh, be the ones to cover that game in full. But there's going to be a lot of uh, injuries on that list to cover. All right, with that being said, I think we will begin to sign off because we've talked for way too long. I think we're running an hour and a half right now or something like that. We're pretty close. So, good for us. Uh, yeah, good for us. Pat on the back to us. Uh, this has actually been a really fun episode. It's one of those episodes you don't realize how long you've been running until you look at the clock. You're like, crap, we're like an hour and a half. <laughs> yeah, right. So, but that, that, it's been a lot of fun. Uh, thanks, Alex, for joining us today. We'll have to see. See, it's been like an hour and a half. I can't talk anymore. We'll have to see <laughs> if we can get you on more shows in the future, especially uh, with Game on Wisconsin. So, uh, 
it's been a lot of fun. Um, but if you're listening to this, please uh, listen uh, to all the podcasts uh, here and at, at Game on Wisconsin. I'm going to use this as a shameless plug for the site because uh, we're doing a lot of great work over there. I'm not ashamed to admit it. And uh, it's been a lot of fun so far. So please uh, rate, list, uh, rate, like, and subscribe. Uh, go on YouTube, hit the little bell so you're getting notified every time Game on Wisconsin goes live, which is a lot nowadays. There's, there's content coming out every single day of the week. Uh, and we've talked about it on Sundays. Uh, when the Packers are playing on Sunday, Game on Wisconsin literally is a one-stop shop for pregame, uh, fantasy, during the game, post-game. It literally has all your coverage. So please go check it out because it's, it's been a, a lot of fun and we're, we're only going to get bigger. So uh, check out the Jamal Williams show on Tuesdays and go check out the GoFundMe drive. Uh, it's been uh, really an awesome process. And thank you to Jacob and Jimmy for putting that together because it's going to be a lot of fun. We hope to hand out a big check to Jamal Williams at the end of the season. So... It's been a lot of fun, but uh, I'll let you go. Uh, hopefully your ears aren't bleeding. It's been, it's been a good time, though, and uh, I can't wait to do this again. Uh, I love talking football. So uh, until next time, go Pack Go, and uh, we'll see you next week. Whether you're a world-class athlete or a podcaster like me, we all understand the importance of mental and physical well-being and proper recovery for top-notch performance. That's why I'm excited that Unified Healing is sponsoring this podcast. Unified Healing is a new and super innovative global network of wellness centers powered by Energy Enhancement System, or EE System. If you haven't heard of the EE System, you'll want to listen up. This technology promotes wellness, deep relaxation, purification, and rejuvenation. At hundreds of locations across the globe, 
Access to a center is easy and affordable. Interested in experiencing the EE system technology for yourself? Go to unifiedhealing.com slash bluewire to learn more and find a center near you. That's U-N-I-F-Y-D healing.com slash bluewire. No material or testimonials on the Unified Healing website are intended to be viewed as medical advice or a substitute for professional medical advice, diagnosis, or treatment. Always seek the advice of your physician or other qualified healthcare provider with any questions you may have regarding a medical condition or treatment and before undertaking a new healthcare regimen, including EE system.